0: This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on six eighty CJOB.
1: Hello, hey Jim, how you doing? Good afternoon, Cameron. I'm well.
0: How are you? Happy noon. How are you? Happy lunchtime. Happy lunchtime. Yeah. You know, we don't wish people a lunch happy lunchtime. I don't think that's the first time we've done it. it happy really lunchtime.
1: Happy lunchtime with the Vegas Golden Knights. We're gonna have a Stanley Cup party on Saturday night on the Strip.
0: Really? What a, why would they do it on Saturday Garth night? Garth
1: Brooks and other residencies might be like asking the same question. Do it during the day. I got a show that night. <laughs> that's gonna be an exciting event. First, uh, first Stanley Cup championship nighttime one i believe
0: parade really yeah that's wow they're, they know what they're doing
1: you like parades
0: no I, not really i can't stand parades. i don't like parades at even all. as a
1: child my parents are like what's the matter
0: with you don't want to go to the whoop up days parade in lethbridge i'm I, like not really i had a really bad experience i'm not going to mention which parade it was a clown there there's no clown but i was so cold It was unbelievable. And I was a young kid, like five or six. I'm not
1: down on parades. It's just not for me. I don't like to sit on the curb
0: and go, oh, wow. Cold and crowded, and I couldn't see anything because I was too small, and I had a terrible time. Awful. And that's, like, burned in my memory when it comes to parades. We should ask our guests about a Stanley Cup parade. Absolutely. Craig Button, TSN commentator, joining us right now. Hey, Craig, how you doing?
2: I'm good. And I was in a parade in 1999 for the Stanley Cup, and I'll tell you what. We're not talking about sitting and watching a parade. We're talking about being part of a parade. Yeah. Those are always good. Now, I will say this about Vegas. Yeah. It's, about, uh, it's about 110 degrees Fahrenheit in, during the day on Saturday in Vegas. Not a good time to have a parade. And everybody comes out at night in Vegas. What better time to go up and down the strip? And when they have the, when they have the parade at 7 p.m. at night, that's just that's like early afternoon in Vegas everybody's just getting ready to start partying I think it's fantastic
1: I think it's a good idea too Craig but I'm worried of those people on the strip they'll hands out the pamphlets they'll get in the way they'll be handling those cards for all those clubs you know
2: that's okay that's Part of Vegas. Like, 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 come on! Like, like, I mean, that's just what you that when you when you have a parade in yeah. Vegas when you go up and down the strip, that's what you expect. That's, that's actually go there for. That's right?
1: actually a great night. What should we do now that the parade's over? I got this card. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. We're just trying to make sure that you're well positioned to know what your options are after the parade.
0: Good point. Good point. That's why we you have one. You got to cover all your bases, uh, uh, Craig. And you yeah. know, things things in the, Winni- the Winnipeg Jets. going to be looking to cover all their bases i mean they have tons of uh situations unfolding here you have uh, pierre Luc dubois there's options where is he going to be headed is it montreal or bust well it doesn't seem to be uh the situation surrounding connor hellebuck what kind of return are you going to get for him him saying he's not going to resign uh with the winnipeg jets got one more year on his deal blake wheeler mark shifley what's going to happen there um I, I, I know you, you've, you've spoken on this, on this before, Craig, but I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, do you see Kevin day off, given his, his history of patience as the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, do you see him being forced to go bold here, or it's still going to be patient, calm, and wait for the right decision to come?
2: Well, I, I guess it all depends on what you mean by patience. patient, and right, waiting for the right deal on a Bessina Trophy goaltender and Connor Halibut. I mean, I don't think you have to be rash on that or quick on it, but you know, I don't think, you, you know, understanding what Connor's uh, intentions are. You have to act on that. Understanding what Pierre-Luc Dubois <laughs> intentions are. You got to act on that. I mean, I think that, you know, there's certainty uh, for Kevin now to know that these two players, are not going to resign with the Winnipeg Jets long-term. So now you explore the market. Now, you're patient in terms of understanding you know what the offers are and who's interested and what it means for your team. But you have to take action. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you look at what happened last year with Matthew Kachuk. Brad Tree Living had to take action. He couldn't sit back and be patient and win, and he took action. And yeah, Matthew Kachuk is a finalist for the uh, uh, Hart Trophy as MVP. We know what he did in the playoffs. But Brad Tree Living made a hell of a deal in a situation uh, that, that it was very clear that Matthew Chuck wasn't coming back to Calgary. Forget about Jonathan Huberto's season or Mackenzie Wieger or whatever. That was, a, that was an excellent maneuver mm-hmm. by Brad Treleving, knowing that he had a player that wasn't interested in coming back. Kevin Shovel has to take exactly the same approach.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, Craig. And, and, you know, the speculation for where and which cities and what markets is, is running rampant, I'd la- rather focus on this, especially for Jets fans. It, just Dubois and Hellebuck. Say those two are traded. What do you think the return is? And I and I know like the return is less if the quality of player is higher. But in general, when when you send those two players out, uh, how many players do you think are coming back? Is it three? Is it five?
2: I don't know. It all it all depends what you're looking. Like if you if you're looking to you know get prospects and draft picks back, well you know you can probably have have more of quantity. If you're if you're looking for quality coming back then you're trying to ascertain, okay, what's the, what's the best position for our team to be in? I don't think, Jim, that those are separate and independent. Kevin shovel Dayoff could move in one path, and people say, well, is it, are they going to go the rebuild path, or, you know, can they get players? Well, the first step might be to understand what's our best offer. And maybe, and maybe teams aren't prepared to give you a, a really good quality NHL player back, a solid NHL player back. But, you know you you might be able to, you you might have to look at making two moves you acquire some prospects some draft picks and then you take them and turn them in to uh, players mm-hmm. uh, you, you know w- w- we talked about you know one path sometimes the path leads to different opportunities it, it it leads to different outcomes and and the one outcome may lead to a a, a, a direction in a different way i don't think trading Connor helop and getting draft picks and prospects back signals that you're now going to be in a complete rebuild. Because now what do you do with those prospects or draft picks? And, and they might be more numerous. My belief is that there's very few goaltenders in this league that are as good as Connor Hellebuck. Very few. Less than five. Maybe may it's seven, six, seven. But all those other teams that are looking for a goaltender, a Vezina caliber goaltender, in the last six seasons, no goaltender has played more games. Only Vasilevsky has more wins, and Connor Hellebuck's fourth and save percentage of goaltenders who have played 200 games or more. If teams are not interested in trying to improve their goaltending with Connor Hellebuck, then, th- th- then they're going to be left out. I think Kevin's going to have lots of options to trade Connor Hellebuck. I feel the same way about Pierre-Luc Dubois. This is a player. This, it's like he, he's going to be 25 years old next. Year. Like, I mean, how, how like, this, this is a unique player in my view. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is a big-time player. And I think that, you know, the marketplace for that type of a player, a unique, powerful player that a lot of teams don't have and don't come along. So, Connor Hellebuck, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I think they provide significant opportunities for Kevin Day off uh, to, to, to not only make really strong moves, but to consider different ways that he wants to make these moves for the benefit of the Winnipeg Jets, whether it be next season, whether it be a, a, a little bit of a, a, of a reset for, for the year after, and if you want to go rebuild, you could do that too. But I don't think the options are just one, one, or one. I, I think they're multiple, and he gets to he gets to decide what what, what the return on these players offer, and then the, the direction he wants to go.
0: Is this an opportunity for the Winnipeg Jets, Craig?
2: Yes. I think it is. Mm. Listen, you know we've we've seen the Winnipeg Jets and a team that I've had belief in, and I know that uh, the Winnipeg Jets fans have had belief, and I know Kevin Shoveldayoff has had belief in the team, and but they just haven't been able to get it done, and so now change is required, and how that change looks, I think, is the question that that Kevin and the Hockey Ops people have to have to address. But it is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to say, listen. We gave this group, we gave this team a, a, a chance to show us what they got. They gave us good effort, whatever, but it wasn't good enough. So now you have the opportunity to go and I use the word re you know and, and move in, in, in a direction that you feel gives you a better opportunity to be successful. And there's still really good players in in, in Winnipeg. This isn't a, this isn't a team that's aged out, that has players that aren't good enough. They have really good young players. Their prospect pools real solid. So it's an opportunity, to your point, Cam, uh, for this team to, to to move maybe in a little bit di- a little bit different direction with the idea that you can move that you can move in a more successful uh, direction. I don't think they have to move in a backward direction. Only have about
1: 30 seconds, Craig, but did want to squeeze this last one in on, on, I mean, is time of the essence here? Or does it, like you said, patience with Hellebuck for sure. Uh, draft is coming up in two and a half weeks. Um, when do you think anything might happen?
2: Yeah, timing is always important, Jim. But, you know, again, like this is the time when when, when salary caps, players' contracts come off the cap. A lot of opportunities. I think the opportunities are, are really numerous. Uh, around the league to, to make changes to your roster but let me be clear here when you're talking about Connor hellebuck and pierre luke dubois there's lots of teams that have to be interested in these two players so i don't think it has to be done next week kevin can work on these over a period of time he knows he has them for another year you know i know pierre luke doesn't have to sign he but you can take him to arbitration so being patient in that regard for the best deal i think works in winnipeg jets favor
0: Craig Button, TSN commentator, with us right now. Craig, uh, awesome stuff. Thanks so much. Always, always the, the best having you on. I'll bug you in a couple weeks. Head up to the draft, okay? No problem,
2: Cam. Always a pleasure. Thanks,
1: Jim. Yeah, thanks, Craig. All the best. Uh, TSN Insider and Parade Guru.
0: Yeah, I didn't
2: don't know that. that. That's that's new. That's T- new.
1: Temperature-wise. Connoisseur, perhaps. Connoisseur, yeah. Like, well, he knows
0: about parades. He, a,
1: in a championship <laughs> one. There's no better way to take part in one than be a champion one.
0: I guess if you're on the parade and you got the cup with you and stuff like that, you're celebrating. I guess that'd be I mean, a pretty my, good time, eh? doesn't sound like... <laughs> I, I've seen guys take part in them. They don't look like a bad time. Tampa had a couple of those ones. And to drag Tom Brady off of a boat. Uh, anyways, <laughs> let's the boat. <laughs> let's take Remember a break. Brady
1: walk, The walk is shame for Tom Brady. Whoa. You okay, cowboy? It's only four 10 <laughs> in the afternoon. you going to be all right. Where's Tom? Does he want dinner? I think
0: he's going to take dinner. No. He <laughs> might, might take a nap sometime between now and then uh, let's, uh, let's take a break on the other side here. Uh, Breaking hockey news. We'll get to it when we come back. Yeah, lots lots to come here. Uh, Jackson Jeffcoat, injury issues. He's on the six-game injury list. We'll talk about that. Uh, Riders quarterback. What's his status? Is he going to be good to go against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? All that to come. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 6-8-CJOB. Well, this via uh, Pierre Lebrun with the Athletic and, and TSN. Jesper Bratt closing in on signing an eight-year, $7.875 million AAV extension with the New Jersey Devils. I I was under the belief that Timo, uh, Timo Meyer was going to be the guy that they were going to go after and deal with first as the Devils because of his high price tag. But maybe things have stalled there, and they went on to the next guy. And Because I know Jesper Bratt was very, very high on the, on the list of guys. Well, this,
1: like this takes him down to about uh – AAV takes them down to about 27 mil per year. they got tons of cap space, of cap yeah. space left. Yeah. But Meyer, if they don't sign a contract with him, is going to make $10 million next year. Yeah. So that'll take them down to $17 million. Uh And then they have, other than Meyer, they have Dawson Mercer, um, Jesper Boquist. I mean, they have five forwards that need contracts as RFAs. Two and Jespers. Two, two Jespers on the team. But – um. I mean, look, a lot of people think New Jersey might come knocking for Connor Hallebuck.
0: I think it makes sense. They have
1: a ton of cap space.
0: They do. And you know what? The thing is, it might be advantageous. Hey, it's only one year. We'll see how things work out. And if, hey, if he wants to stay here, we'll make cap space to bring in Connor Hallebuck. I just think after upgrade. the
1: Timo Meyer that he doesn't have a contract yet. I just, I, that would scare me from doing this again, but you never know. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 68 CJOB. Right now, eighteen
3: degrees at six eighty. CJOB. Let's send it over to a couple of cool dudes. It's jets at noon. Huh.
0: You don't need to say that. Everybody already knows. You've never sounded more
1: old. A couple cool dudes. Let's go get a cold pop and a wheel. What do you What do you say? <laughs> I'm in, Jimbo. I'm <laughs> in. What do you What do you say? We grab a couple soda pops and head down to the river. <laughs> throw a line in the water. Yeah, okay, that's a good Saturday for me. <laughs> that's not too bad. What uh, Scott? What do you what do you corn think? Cob pipe. You trade. <laughs> you say you trade. You, you trade P. L. Pierre Dubois and Connor Hellebuck. And I I understand the return as the caliber of player will dictate whether it's more or less. But how many assets you think are coming back for those two? It's got to be a and minimum more. five to seven. Do you trade? Well, I think you trade Connor Hellebuck with
3: the expectation he's probably going to sign a, a deal pretty much immediately in his new. City. I don't think you get that guarantee when you trade Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um well that'll
0: di- yeah. I mean but du- du- I, du- I think Dubois is not gonna get traded anywhere without signing. If Hellebuck A-B says
1: deal. I'm going to free agency, but I'll go wherever you send me, but I'm not signing. It's it's two players
0: and a pick. Which is more likely. I think Connor Hellebach is gonna get somewhere. He's gonna want to go. He doesn't ha- he actually doesn't have a choice in where he's gonna go this year. He doesn't have a no move clause. But the following year, I, I think I don't think he's going to want to sign. I think he's going to see what happens that year, and then he's going to make a decision. Because uh, he's going to want to go to a team that I, I agree that with wins. that. Yeah. I agree.
1: But say the Devils, we're just talking Devils and Jesper Pratt. If they call up and they go, not only do we want him, we want to give him an eight-year deal. And they talk about it, and he's like, yes, I will, or no, I'm not. Yeah. That will dictate whether it's three or five assets. Right, totally. But if he signs, it's, it's at least two to three roster players and two picks. If he doesn't sign, to me, it's at least a it's a second line, even a first line player.
0: New Jersey is a team where I could see him saying because of where they're going, and again, this Jasper Bratt deal, eight years, seven point eight seven five. I mean, that's 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 a good deal for the team. It's a good deal for the player. I think in a situ, I think that's one of the few teams on the list right now where I think Connor Hellebuck would consider saying, "Okay, I'll I'll, I'll sign a four year deal or a five year deal or something like that." I do think
3: like what you could maybe get. Back, like you know, New Jersey is a team that has a couple of goalies, and like Mackenzie Blackwood's one where yeah. like they're a bit of a project, but there's at least some upside there. I, I was floating this one out with a buddy yesterday. Buffalo, Uso Pekka Lukanen, uh, would be like another goalie that might come back. And if yeah, then then Winnipeg sort of answers the goalie question Luke, in the meantime, Luke too.
1: Lukanen's only coming back if he signs for seven or eight years. You're not getting a high end rookie goalie like that unless Hellebuck's staying. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, then, for sure. and then you'll want to get rid of the rookie goalie. That's right. It would have yeah, to be a, situation. a log jam anyway. But like yeah. I also even look at Boston and like Jeremy Swayman is ready. And I love the idea of and I think the Boston Bruins could care less who who starts, who plays better. We've got our goaltending wrapped up for the next five or six years with the this year's Vesna winner in Allmark. But if they believe Swayman's ready this year, why wouldn't you go get Connor hellebuck let him start hopefully resign him but if you don't Swayman's there you save the cap space of allmark and you got to get rid of allmark I, th- I think so all of a sudden yeah. you're going to the Bruins you're getting allmark's five year, five million deal you're getting somebody else and Boston is ecstatic because they just got a, another Vesna caliber goalie to go with their young and ready goalie and Swayman. I
3: just think they have a yeah. lot of, Boston's got a lot of questions up front with Krejci and Bergeron and like guys that have been big pieces yeah. of their offense. And and do they, are they going to give away those guys, uh, even more players, not those guys in particular, but are they going to give away more guys up front, like top six talent, but this which is, is going to come back yeah, this just is to get another point.
1: goalie when you already have two? Fair, fair point. But they can sign free agents just as well as anybody else can. Yeah. And they, again, this is what a Connor Hellebuck does to the market. Our goaltending is fine. Not only is it fine, it's great. We've got the next one already on the team, and we've got the Vesna winner this year on the team. But it's Connor Hellebuck.
3: Well, you're going to have to bank on signing free agents because I think a trade with Connor and, and the Hellebuck is going to happen first. The beauty of Connor Hellebuck is we have yeah. another
1: Vesna caliber goalie, one year, six million. And then we don't have to pay goaltending six million dollars till Swayman's contract's up. Yeah, so they might actually like the fact that they make a run. But you bring a, that your point is more valid in my mind, uh, Sky. they just about look if we don't if we can't get forwards because everyone's retiring. Then what's the point of getting? I think Boston, but makes I, sense. Do, you know what I mean. He cha- it's, Connor changes teams' minds.
0: Yeah, I think Ottawa too. I think Ottawa would be interested in, in just bringing him in for one year. I don't know if they would want to. Or even Connor Hellebuck would want to saddle himself to to I think, Ottawa. I
3: just think Ottawa would be super over leveraged with both DeBrinket and Hellebuck there for one year.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and, I agree and then with you got a mortgage like well, they're going or something like gonna that, try to just send, send, for that. yeah, they're going to try to send DeBrinket out. But the situation is, um, I, I I just I'm going to keep going back to the Devils and, and Buffalo. I just think those two teams make make the most sense. They're up and coming, Detroit. I mean, well, is, is, is Detroit, you know what? And Detroit, I'm say,
1: yeah. Detroit he, could send any one of those guys, like Huso or whoever they have, on a two- to three-year deal left at $4 million. They would start here for the Jets, and Hellebuck could be in his home state on a seven-year deal with us. I'm going
0: to say a crazy thing. Are you listening, Skyler? Are you paying attention? Oh, I'm listening. You're listening. Yeah. Can, yeah. Jimmy, are you listening? Jimmy, you here? Wheeler to Detroit.
1: I'm, I'm going to one-up you. If I'm Blake Wheeler, which I am not, I tell Kevin Shwill day off to get me to Buffalo. Yeah, um, I think. I think. However, Buffalo- you, pay, you pay half my salary, or whatever, and you get somebody like uh, Peyton Krebs or somebody back here. Well, you're not going to do that. You're going to yeah. unload it. So you got to eat half the contract and you get a seventh round pick and you get Wheeler to Buffalo. But if I'm Blake Wheeler, I say get me to Buffalo. And I know people are going, why would he ever want to? Because he's going to play in that top six this year. He's going to be on at least the second power play unit with that up-and-coming team. Mm -hmm. And his next contract doesn't have to be a, if he wants one more at that age, but I assume he does, but it doesn't have to be the Corey Perry league minimum, go where I can to win. He'll be in a very good situation where he could probably parlay one year with that talented group with what he does into another year of $1.5 to $2 million deal.
0: The situation with Buffalo and why Buffalo would make sense for for Blake Wheeler, uh, Jim, is that it's only one year. Even if four million, I mean, they got to sign Rasmus Dahlin needs a new contract. Owen Power needs a new contract. <laughs> Actually, if you look at Dallin's their defense
1: contract, is expected to be huge.
0: It's yeah, like and nine... it's, it's going to be big, right? And you, I'm looking at their defense core, and there's and there's top seven defensemen here. Uh, they, uh, uh, Kale, uh, the, they have one guy that's an RFA, and then five out of the six if you uh, moving Matias Samuelson out of there, these guys are all RFAs. they're, they're, they're going to need some cash there. That's why Elk post only signed a one-year deal. Yeah. That's why if Blake Wheeler's going to go there. it's only going to be for one year. and if, if potentially you want to say uh, if you would say I'll stay I'll sign a two-year deal. it would be 1.25 it would be taking he would take something like that. Detroit doesn't have that same exact situation. That's why I was looking at Detroit today. They have the cap space. They could bring Blake Wheeler in for one year the Winnipeg Jets retain 50% of his salary and that's a team that's looking to make the playoffs has a chance yeah. right and they're looking to win now and bringing in an experienced winger makes sense if I if, in a guy I'm, with I'm inter- just experience.
1: if I'm on Blake and I think the organization thinks highly enough of Blake Wheeler to to try and make this a go yeah I just don't send him to Arizona or Anaheim no. whoever has picks and retain half his salary I, I work with the Jets and the Jets work with me and I'll get a team like a Detroit, a Buffalo. Like I think yeah. Buffalo is the next team in the East. They're they're the New Jersey of last year. I agree with that. I think they're they're a year or two away. So then you go get me there, where instead of looking at a team that'll just give me a seven hundred and ninety five million dollar one year deal, I might parlay this because I'll, I'll be valuable there. And I'm not just saying this for Blake's case. I'm also saying this for Buffalo. I think with that young group there. And how talented they are um, on a second-man power play unit and and second-line, third-line depth of Blake Wheeler, he could bring something to that team. Not Mm. what he's used to, but um, I find myself a situation— where I'm not just, like I said, one year minimum. I i get myself a, another year at $2 million and, and where I'm in a place where I have a chance
0: to win. Yeah. Kevin the Garbage Man, Texas, 204 780 6868, says it takes seven years to get a no trade clause. So who are the Jets targeting in trades? It can't be guys with no trade clause because it's known that Winnipeg is on most of them. Winnipeg brings people to waive no trade clauses just make just making it and see what happens doesn't the jets can change this team big if they make if they take the chance i don't think they have a choice at this point and this is why i wanted to ask they craig, have all the choice this is why i wanted to talk to craig button and that's why i asked him that question in the in, in the opening segment if you missed it find us on our podcast apple spotify jets at noon at like uh you're writing an email um this is an opportunity for the jets and, and we were talking about this when you walked in and we we're, were talking about the show before we get going here. The more I look at this, I'm calmer, I'm cooler, as Skylar Pistol Pete I think just referred to it's a really good situation. This is a good situation, the Winnipeg Jets. It might be more advantageous, Jim, to have these guys on one-year deals, given the cap situation in the in, in the National Hockey League right now. It might be more advantageous to do these moves this year than it was last with the two.
1: Well, they, they are more advantageous now, yeah. but... Um, Like I said to you yesterday, I go, let's flip this around. Say Connor Hellebuck says, yeah, I'll stay. I want nine and a half. And they do it. Say Pierre-Luc Dubois goes, I'll take nine. That's what he's asking. Everybody knows that the insiders, he wants nine. I'll take nine on a seven-year deal. Are the Jets better off? Now, we don't know because we don't know what the return is. But given the fact that the culture needs to change Mm -hmm. there and all of that, I I just think that, like, I keep asking that question about assets coming back because when we're talking first line centers, I think at minimum you're getting second line players back. You're not trading first line centers for two third liners. You're going to get a second line player and a fourth line or or a top three to four D guy. Yeah, a two A, two B
0: defenseman. Yeah.
1: Now, I could be wrong. I don't know what, but this is my guesstimation. And so I think you might you might be sending two to three players out, getting five to six back that could change the the flow and culture of this team plus some picks. And then like Craig Button just said, make a trade to LA, make a trade to this, make a trade to Carolina, and then take those picks to the draft and, and make a trade to, hey, who's got cap trouble? I really like this $5 million player you have. Give them mm-hmm. to me. And when it comes to like no trade clauses, well, you have to look at the Pierre-Luc Dubois of the world, the 24, 25-year-old player. But the other thing you want from the Jets is the 22, 23-year-old player. The Gabe Velardis out of L.A. The guys who, you know, you been in a control circling. for three or four years. The reason Velarde I love makes sense. Jacob Chikrin was because you have him here in Winnipeg for three more years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't like the idea of trading a Pierre-Luc Dubois for a Pierre-Luc Dubois and then two seasons from now you have Connor, Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, all up for contract as well as the guys you just acquired two years ago. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of give me, and the Jets scouting staff, we all agree, does a really good job. Give me the 22, 23-year-old player I have three to four years of control over that is on the cusp of becoming who we're trading out.
0: Got to find the Chandler Stevenson out there. That's who you got to find. Throw in one of those guys. That's, that's who you have to find, a, a player like that, a guy that's being undervalued. Is not being given his due and is going to come here and be a star. Like,
1: and I bring up Matthew Perot just because easier he's the said one who came than done. here. Easier said Matthew than Matthew Perot. By no means was a first line player, but Matthew Perot came here for money and an opportunity, and most of it was opportunity. He mm-hmm. got three million a year, which I think Washington or Anaheim was offering him two, two and a half. Yeah. So he got a mil more a year, five hundred thousand more a year, and he got an extra year in his deal, and then he parlayed that into another deal. Those kind of players that. You know, And I I love everything about Velarde in L.A. and stuff like that. So is he going to be Pierre-Luc Dubois next year? No. But give me him. Give me whatever else you're packaging in with a pick for PLD or the pick itself. Send that to me. I'll make another trade and get a pick back. I'll take those two picks and maybe go talk to the Rangers and go, Vinny Trocek is signed for 5.6 for the next six years. He's 29. He's a second-line center on this team. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a pick or two for him.
0: Yeah. There's some, some
1: cap space for you. Or,
0: these are some of the options here, and I, I'll ask you this one it's just before we go to break here, and we'll come back. We'll talk some Bombers, Jackson, Jeffcoat. I want to ask you some stuff about that, Jim. But um, if Pierre-Luc Dubois is a $9 million player, what is Mark Shifley?
1: Well, again, I I, I don't like – again, and if he's a $9 million player, that's the ask. Forget about Montreal. Montreal is not paying a UFA more than they just paid their captain. I,
0: Especially after he has totally tipped his hat for the last two years, that that's the place he wants and to go. That's why more than I anywhere. said a
1: week ago, I'm not. It's con- not, not good not even, for business, I'm not man. only not convinced. I don't even think it's going to be Montreal. You'll find out if he takes seven and a half, he's a Montreal Canadian. Yeah. If he wants nine, and LA and New York are knocking, all of a sudden, hey, nine million will offset the cost of living there. So it's seven and a half that we're going to get Montreal anyway, and we'll spend our summers in Montreal.
0: See, and, and I ask about Mark Shifley because you have a point per game player for this long, it's off 42 goals, and he's worth nine, and a, nine and and a half, at least 10. Based on, if you look at, regardless of what you think, if you look at Pierre-Luc Dubois at his base is a $9 million player, then what is Mark Shifley given a long, much longer track record? Say what you
1: want about Mark Shifley. He's six years in a row, a point a game player, and then look down the roster of any NHL team and see who needs more scoring.
0: That's absolutely right. And It's
1: going to cost you $6
0: million to pay him. Just. Let's take a break. Let's come back. Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, quarterback Trevor Harris, a game time decision. Oh, that's a shame. Took a hip, hip injury after that ridiculous final play. Why don't you bring in the backup? Why don't you just run the ball? I know you're trying to win a game. That whole I'm sorry, that whole
1: game, the coaching... The three quarterback sneaks from the one. Can we get from off Jones? This? Can we stop talking about Chris Jones? And then Jones? in week one, your quarterback gets hurt and you run him out there again.
0: The more you hear about Chris Jones in week like, one, what what happens? There's reports down in Santa Monica that he's. Running camps out of the campus there, and he's got the kickers, uh, timing guys on the ten meter dash, on the hundred meter dash, and stuff like that. It's just ridiculous. It's like
1: a high school track meet.
0: And then now that your event's over, you got to work the clock. Remember, we were we heard from a very good source, Jim. You, we were both there saying that he doesn't even go over tape with his with his guys like this is just the stuff you keep hearing anyways we'll be right back chats at noon on 6 cjob welcome back to the final segment time for some bomber talk for the next couple of minutes here uh once again quarterback trevor harris game time decision uh was on the game day roster for the saskatchewan rough riders craig dickinson head coach of saskatchewan said earlier in the week that he expects him to play He hasn't practiced. He wasn't taking any reps yesterday. Uh, So, remains to be seen. Game time decision means game time decision. I wouldn't be surprised if he missed. I wouldn't be surprised if he was out there. Uh, But Jackson Jeffcoat moved to the six-game injured list. Now, that does not mean he's going to miss the next six games. Um, That's an important distinction. It's because you're on the six-game injured list. doesn't mean you'll miss the next six games. But there's been injury issues. This has been a constant thing for Jackson Jeffcoat. I remember talking to Derek Taylor, voice of the Bombers, um, coming into the season, and him kind of saying... You have to anticipate he's only going to play 12 games. 12, 11 games. But what you're getting from that those 10, 11, 12 games is worth it given what you're going to be you're going to be paying him and stuff like that. But does this does this is this something that concerns you Jim well, or is it something that you sort of expect that Jackson Jeffcoat is going to get banged up during the season, but when he's in there he's going to make a difference.
1: Well, any lineman um after a couple of years you worry about. Like Stanley Bryant is a he's a Greek God. Yeah, he's Zeus. Totally. Like he's 37 now and he just, he doesn't miss a game. And um, so it's concerning, but I, I liked what Michael Shea was asked about this on his coaches show this week with Derek Taylor right here on 680 CJOB, And he said, look, I don't see ever a scenario where I don't want Jeff code and Willie Jefferson and those guys on the field, mm-hmm. but there are scenarios where we do have to, you know, play them in a fashion, which they're at their optimal. So you don't play them all 60 plays or 70 plays and hope that they're firing on all cylinders. Like the key is to find the right mix that every time they are on the field, they're at their optimal. Um, But uh, it doesn't concern me. I mean, he was injured in training camp. He's, he's been relatively healthy too. So I, I, a guy of that talent, I roll the dice with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm in the same boat and you have to expect that. Listen, Jackson Jeffcoat, not going to play 18 games just the way it's going to be. Pre-game gets going tomorrow at six kickoff at eight bombers at the riders right here on your radio home of the Winnipeg Blue Bomber, 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche, for, for, for producing the show. Jim Toth will take you all the way till 3 o'clock. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya.
2: Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.